On this episode of That One Movie Podcast, we're going to feature our review of Talk To Me. We'll start off spoiler-free, and then we'll warn you before we dive into our spoiler-filled discussion. Use the time codes in the description if you want to jump right into that review, because otherwise, we're going to talk about the news from this week in the world of entertainment, including, but not limited to, Holden. Sony announces major delays for films like Craven. Beyond the Spider-Verse, and more. Mattel wants to make a bunch of movies about their toys after the success of Barbie. The Lando Disney Plus Star Wars series is, for some reason, still in development. Of course, we'll also share our thoughts on the new trailers for Saw X. Hold on, I'm, I'm joining the X crowd. <laughs> Loki Season 2. As always, use the time codes in the description to jump around to whatever interests you the most. Otherwise, I am Jimmy Uthi. I am Holden Sutter. And it's time for Tom. Tom. That one movie podcast. All right, Jimmy, before we talk, talk to me. Let's do the Toms. Sounds good. The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Toms is the rapid fire segment in which we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. I was totally going to hold up the things when you did that. I just blanked. I was also going to. I was listening. <laughs> Halfway through that, I saw them sitting on the table. I'm like, do I really want to reach down there? Brokaw, Bombadil. Bergeron. There you go. Yes. Our uh, audio-only listeners, you're going to have to just imagine. Imagine, imagine the Toms. Imagine uh, cutouts, black and white cutouts of each of their faces <laughs> on popsicle sticks, and that's what we have. We're committed to practical effects here. After seeing Oppenheimer, it has inspired us no CGI we're whatsoever. Big, we're big puppetry fans here. Yeah. <laughs> Good old, uh, what's the Muppet guy's name? Oh, uh, Jim Henson. Jim Henson. I was like, it's Jim something. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let's talk about trailers. Oh, my gosh. All the promo images teasing us throughout the week of Saw X. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we got, you know, it's like Billy the Puppet. Here's Tobin Bell. I'm like, they wow, look the they, same. they look the same <laughs> for every movie. Tobin credit, Be- credit to Tobin. I was going to yeah. say, Tobin Bell, he's, I, I don't want to say he's like necessary. He's aged gracefully from at least the start of Saw 1 because I think he looks old in that movie, but he's looked pretty much the same since. So Tobin, <laughs> Tobin Bell H. Yeah. How old how, is he? Let's is. find out how old this man is. He is 80 years old. Yeah. Um, he looked 80 when he was <laughs> 60, yeah. apparently. No, he looked like 70 when he was 60, and he looks 70 now, I guess. Yeah, so good he, does, on he him. looks pretty good, and it makes it easier for this movie to just be set whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they need to have a Saw Indiana Jones crossover now. Mm. Yeah. What am I doing in here? For too long, you've been stealing artifacts from cultures. Now I'm going to steal something from you. If you think about it. It's going to be your leg. you got to chop off your leg. (laughs) The temple at the beginning of the Raiders is just the first saw trap. It really is. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, we saw saw this trailer. Mm -hmm. uh, And uh, I think this looks great. It's definitely a return to form. Yes. It's like we mentioned last week, an interquel. Do we know which movies this is taking place? One and two. One and two. All right. So... 
Uh, I'm very much excited for that. Uh, the premise, apparently, he, he goes to, like, Mexico for some treatment of his cancer, mm-hmm. uh, John Kramer, and he uh, they, like, I guess, pretend to remove the tumor, it seems like. Yeah. And then he finds it out, and there's, like, some great line in the trailer. He's like, you pretended to heal uh, me. me. Yeah, heal and, me. <laughs> but these, I assure you, what's going to happen to you now is very real or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so good. Um, but to be honest with you, I don't want to see like any other trailers for this. I really no. don't want to rewatch this one. I'm sure it will come up in the theater. I was surprised we didn't get it before. Talk to me. Um, we did walk into that late. We did, but I, I would assume they would have saved it for yeah, later. Maybe. But um, I'm, uh, I kind of want to just go into this knowing nothing more than what I've seen here uh, for this one time watching the trailer. Because I think the premise sounds really good, kind of hearkening back to Saw 6 with the healthcare insurance. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this. It is definitely going to be a bro call for me, Holden. Yeah, uh, I had mentioned to you yesterday after – Maybe have been when we went we went to the South Dakota Chislick Festival this weekend. Mm-hmm. Might have talked about it, but um, I the poster itself. I don't usually get super excited with posters, but the fact that the poster is like throwback to Saw one through seven kind of poster. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, this is what we need. Yeah, going I, back to classics. The here. tubes. What are the X tubes for? Yeah, is it up. are they sucking the eyeballs out? Are there rats? As people have theorized. Yeah, it could either one would be great. I but don't think it showed it in the trailer. It, it, there was like a brief glimpse of the trap. You okay. didn't see much more than just a flash. So. Um, regardless, it's a reverse rat tube. <laughs> reverse rat tube. What does that even mean? Uh, one thing that does stand out is John Kramer is just out in the open in the trailer. Yeah. So I'm like, I guess there's no reason to really conceal his identity. He's just so it makes me wonder: is he like, you know, usually he doesn't he's not supposed to anyway rig the games mm-hmm. so that people can't escape. They're supposed to like learn a lesson from it. So we'll see. <laughs> will Will he have the um? kind of Stockholm syndrome that he has on Amanda, who is returning for this. Yep. Um, will that happen with one of these characters? Is that what he's just relying on? Is or the twist is going to be? One of they these all just characters dead. is Jigsaw. <laughs> one of the characters is Jigsaw? Well, it's just like one of Jigsaw's henchmen. Like, that's the twist in like half of those movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to, yeah. It's going to be a twist referring to one of the other movies that I've seen once <laughs> seven years ago. Yeah, great. Yeah, we'll have to rewatch these, Holden. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a full retrospective. Oh gosh! Maybe. Oh my goodness! <laughs> That'd be so good. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited for this though. I'm glad they didn't show too much of the traps, just enough to be like, yeah, these look gruesome. Uh, but this gets a broke off from me, Jimmy. Awesome, Holden. All right, Loki season two. Yes, Marvel hot off Secret Invasion, which everybody loved. Everyone loves sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> Well, they're quickly switching gears. They're trying to get people's mind off of Secret Invasion. That's the impression I get. Yes. Loki season two. Uh, when is this coming out? Uh, October. I think beginning of October. Okay. Beginning of October. I think this looks pretty good. I mean, yeah. we were big fans of Loki season one, except mm-hmm. maybe the last episode was a little underwhelming, but overall really Even still, that. it probably had the best finale out of any of the Marvel shows. Yeah. I would say it's still my favorite of all the Marvel oh, shows. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I guess WandaVision is second. I, I haven't seen She-Hulk. I haven't seen Miss Marvel. So yeah, I, I, it's too many. Too many. Too many. They got to <laughs> stop making these shows, which apparently they're going to do, but uh, more on uh, Lando in a second. Uh, Loki season two, obviously, we got uh, um, Tom Hiddleston coming back, and we got Owen Wilson coming back. Their chemistry is great. Looks like they're having a lot of fun here. Mm-hmm. Totally forgot Ki Hoi Kwan 
is yeah, in this. He looks yeah. like he's having fun. I liked kind of. He seems to be like the cue of like James Bond. That's yeah, the vibe yeah. I get for them. Um, they seem to. There's some sort of time warp or whatever they said was going on with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was a nice, neat effect. Very uh, reminiscent of like Spider Verse when they're in the wrong dimension, oh, yeah, the yeah. glitching. Um, I thought that was a nice little effect. I, I liked the humor with Kyuhuquan in that introductory scene of the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like uh, this could be uh, a lot of fun. It looks like Sylvie is coming back into play. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we have Kang. Yeah. <laughs> so Still here. Yeah, we'll see how that uh, plays out. Um, and if there are larger ramifications for the MCU as a whole, will this be an isolated Kang uh, can you trust a Kang? Will there be a good Kang or bad Kang sort of thing? Yeah. What's going to go on there? Is Kang a scroll? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Probably we'll, not. <laughs> we'll find out. I, I like how the, it seems like they go to like one of the world's fairs. Mm-hmm. So Lots that's a time hopping. I yeah. mean, that's obviously a thing with this series, but it looks like they're going to a lot of different time periods and yeah. stuff. So I, I liked it. I, I, I liked the vibe of this. I'm actually excited to see this still, um, even after... Uh, kind of secret invasion kind of flopped at the end. So I will still give it a brokaw. This is a show that I was excited for. In fact, I'll pull up my most anticipated shows of the year list and see where I put it there while you give your thoughts. Yeah. uh, It's a brokaw for me as well. I guess we should hold it up. Um, But it's visually looks very good. I wasn't really any part of the trailer. I thought looked weird or anything. Um, it's, it has its own fun style carried over from the first season that I think makes it kind of stand out from the other Marvel series and and movies. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm very much excited to see Owen Wilson back because he was a highlight of that, uh, first season. So nice. This was my fifth ranked show, um, behind sixth. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess. Well, I was. Yeah, yeah. you didn't even have ten. Succession so. season four was four. Gen V. Wow, was, that shows how much it might I might have changed on the Succession. Uh, Gen V had that about that Mandalorian season three. Last of Us um, was my wow. highest ranked thing, but Succession season four delivered. Well, I don't think I'm not as confident in Loki season two. <laughs> it probably won't be Succession season four levels, but. I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the same showrunners and directors attached uh, from that first season. So there is a good chance this could still be very good. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm still at a Broca. Yep. Those are my thoughts. Anything else to say about that, Holden? Uh, no, it's a Broca for me as well. All right. Sony release dates. What is going on here? Yeah. So uh, I'm just so excited to see Craven the Hunter later this uh, year, Holden. Well, Jimmy, that's, that's the only thing I want. It's <laughs> keeping me in. St- Keeping me sane. So after we talked about last week and maybe the week before as well, uh, how all these studios are going to probably start delaying their movies. We have Sony kind of up front here, uh, changing up a bunch of their release dates. Not all of them are delays. Some of them are just even adding them onto the calendar. But uh, probably the biggest one is that Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse has been completely removed from the schedule. Well, (laughs) who would have thought? There was a lot of smoke around here. That movie is supposed to come out in March of next year, Mm -hmm. and the voice actors haven't even recorded lines for it yet. Yeah. So (laughs) that's a little tough to do. (laughs) (laughs) And there were scenes in Across the Spider-Verse that literally took them like four years to make. Mm -hmm. So when on earth are we getting this movie? 
um i mean i can imagine years from now i would say i can imagine that uh, i don't think the animators are included at all in the strikes necessarily maybe some of them depending on the, on their positions but i imagine they'll be able to work on a lot of it still but yeah just uh, there's going to be a huge chunks of it where like especially with character model animation and whatnot that they're not going to be able to do anything with right now until the lines are recorded so yeah. Yeah, who knows when this is coming out. It is unfortunate, but at the same time, they should get all the time they need because yeah. it's unfor- It's bad that the other two Spider-Verse movies seem... That seem it, there's reports that there is a little crunch on them, which is no, not very good, so... Yeah, which is insane because this one, the first one came out in 2019, this one's 2023. The first one was 2018. 2018, yeah. so there's a five-year gap between these movies... When on earth is the next one coming out? I would say uh, 2024, not looking very likely. No, I would, <laughs> probably not even 2025. So we'll see, which is <laughs> crazy that they thought they would get them done so close together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess uh, all did we did you talk about the other ones yet? Not yet. So um, there's some other Marvel ones and with Sony's Marvel Universe stuff. Um, Madam Web, as I don't know why. It like literally moved up two days. I don't know why it like even adjusted at all, but it's now coming out February 14th. So go off your Valentine's Day to Madam Web. <laughs> um, maybe Ven- it'll be a love story. Holden. Maybe. Uh, Venom 3 has been added to the calendar for on July 12th of next year. Uh, and Craven the Hunter, uh, the biggest casualty, I would argue, has <laughs> uh, been delayed nearly a whole year uh, to August 30th of next year instead of it was October this year. Yep. Overall, <laughs> I'm at a Bergeron for all of these, I would say. I mean, there's not going to be movies coming out a lot anyway, so. Yeah, I'll give it a Bergeron as well. Um I mean, I from what I understand, I think Matt, I think all three of those live action Marvel movies are like completely filmed. So those probably will stick to those release dates. Um, unless I don't know. It's like Morbius and gets delayed three or four times. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> but uh and then just a few other things about Sony's release date. Um Co- Ghostbusters Afterlife, the sequel to that, has been delayed from December of this year to March 29th, 2024. A uh, new Karate Kid, which I forgot was coming out, was delayed from June to December of next year. And Bad Boys 4 was added Wasn't to June 14th. Wasn't there already Bad Boys 4? No, that was Bad Boys 3. Okay. Bad Boys for Life, which should have been 4. Bad Boys been, for Life yeah. was the third movie. Yeah. <laughs> that is That's a bomb. A bomb that is a bomb deal. <laughs> These release dates are Bergeron. Bergeron. Yep. There we go. Um, all right. And the next up, uh, Mattel. So last week we reviewed Barbenheimer and we talked about how successful Barbie is. Seems to be even just just as successful almost this weekend. Like some of the smallest with between this and Oppenheimer, some of the smallest second weekend drop offs of like all time. So crazy. Yeah. Earning bucket loads. And so, of course, Mattel's like, you know what? Let's make some movies off of our other <laughs> toy properties. Which is absolutely the takeaway they should have. Exactly. Not that, you know what? Maybe this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing <laughs> where we captured lightning in a bottle with the creative forces of Greta Gerwig, Noah Baumbach, behind this very iconic toy that has a lot of controversy here around it, surrounding its history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet we could recreate that with Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Yikes. they they announced. I think I saw the number was like fourteen movies, which a fraction of those will be made, is my guess. But still, all of these are 
in development and certain whatever stages. So I'll just kind of go through them. Uh, we talked about previously the Barney movie produced by Daniel Kaluuya, the A24 movie, which I think actually has a good chance of maybe being that's, something. That's the one. That's the one I can get into. Yeah, it, that. But Barney's not really a toy. No, so. it's just it, Mattel owns the the property anyway. Okay. Um, Polly Pocket, um, which I also I'm reading this off of Variety. They actually have listed some like people attached to it, so I'll read off of those as well. Uh, currently for Polly Pocket starring Lily Collins, uh, writer director is apparently Lena Dunham Denham, uh, who uh, did that girls show on HBO. I don't know. Okay, with Adam uh Yeah, Adam Driver. Sorry. <laughs> it's like Adam Savage. I was no, say Adam a, Devine. He's a Maroon five. <laughs> Adam Driver figured it out. Um Emily will be excited about that because she liked Polly Pockets and she likes Lily Collins. Mm-hmm. From uh, Love, Rosie, and Emily in Paris, uh, but uh, what are you? I, where are you going to go with this? That like, how is that going to be as good as Barbie? Like, I don't you're know. just going to have to make a good kids movie and then attach the IP to it instead yeah. of like it's just going to be like the IP is going to feel superfluous. I think if any of these are actually going to be good movies, I re- yeah, I just don't know how different Polly po- a Polly Pocket movie could be from a Barbie movie, especially if you want to do something cr- like actual actually good with it. I don't know. Maybe it'll be just as good and just a little bit shorter. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Cut out 20 minutes or something. (laughs) There you go. Um, Then we have Hot Wheels movie, which we've also talked about previously, which J.J. Abrams is producing. Said it's grounded and gritty. Gritty, emotional. (laughs) Can't wait for that. Again, then it's probably just a good car movie with a random Hot Wheels (laughs) brand attached to it. um, Unless it's some, like, really grounded, like, (laughs) emotional story with, like, this kid and their dad or something yeah <laughs> like, like no that. it's just the grand turismo movie again. it's the grand turismo movie <laughs> he uh, was we had we had toddlers playing with hot wheels <laughs> and now we're putting them in formula one cars <laughs> <laughs> babies uh That'd be pretty good yeah <laughs> see that that could be funny now that could be funny yeah if it was literally just a parody of the grand turismo movie uh rock'em sock'em robots is the next one uh which is apparently starring vin diesel uh, the writer is Ryan Engle. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, this just sounds like real steel, which I, I've never seen. I've it, never seen it either, but I do remember it coming out. Yeah. Um, American Girl, which, okay. Okay. Again, how are you differentiating from Barbie? Unless yeah. this is a horror, that would work. American Barbie, American Girl horror movie. That'd be interesting. I, that's what you need to do, like, with these movies. I mean, not that Barney's completely going in that direction, but like do something just so out of left field with like these properties. Like call us up, Mattel. We got some ideas. We got some ideas. We got we the can- Hot Wheels idea. <laughs> we got American Girl Ventriloquist horror idea. <laughs> Telling you. Um Magic Eight Ball, which uh <laughs> the I think I think this is the Mattel CEO um, that was saying this stuff, uh, but it's probably going to be a PG thirteen thriller. Got to love me some PG thirteen thrillers. <laughs> um, look at this is going to be like talk to me light. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think honestly, yeah, it could like be. <laughs> Magic Eight Ball will be talk to me light. Like mm-hmm. it's just like oh, okay, here's like oh, it predicts the future. It'll be a nice little. It just comes up and says die. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There's a lot of dark places that you go there. Um, <laughs> nobody likes you. <laughs> I like it. It would be funny if it was like really specific answers. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think that's a terrible idea. Now, is it going to be some amazing movie? But I think Magic 8-Ball could actually work. 
um, as a little teen teen. You should just call it a teen. Out thriller. of all of these properties, it probably has the most potential to do something creative with it. So I, we'll see. Maybe. Again, hit us up, Mattel. We got lots of ideas. <laughs> Kid, yeah, you know, we'll write we're, something. I, we, we, yeah, we're we're uh, kind of brainstorming. We got a little think tank going. Uh, Masters of the Universe, which last week I talked about, Netflix had canceled it, but apparently the movie is actually still going around looking at other places to possibly develop. So just not happening at Netflix anymore. You like He Man, Jimmy? I've never seen. I never any have of it. either. Skeletor, or whatever the guy's name yeah, is. Yeah, that is his name. I have no nostalgia for any of that. Fair enough. Uh, Major Matt Mason, which I do not know what this is, but apparently it's starring Major? Tom Hanks. Major? <laughs> Matt, Major Matt Mason. You said, you said Major. Major, did I? Yeah, you did. Major. Oh, well, my bad. Major. Major, Major Matt, Matt Mason. Mason. Well, good thing Tom Hanks only picks good roles. For now. real, yes. Um, it's right, written by Akiva Goldsman, Michael Chabon. I don't know. Um Hanks will star as the Mattel astronaut action figure from the 1960s who lives and works on the moon. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know about that one. <laughs> uh, Uno, an Uno movie written by Marcy Kelly. Who's right. Marcy Kelly? I don't know. I, I'm just reading the <laughs> names here. Well, we should. I'll look it up while you're going over. What is how ha- I pulled up the variety page and my computer's <laughs> freaking out as the ads go on. I'm like trying to scroll down and it's like, no, no, over here. Marcy, Marcy Kelly. Kelly is an actress okay known for life is short change your life exclamation point. the and, second the and s- oh everybody's favorite film hipster holocaust the second top result is the mattel the article that says mattel is signed to deal with her hmm. which apparently this happened march of last year well wow, i okay. don't know maybe she's got a really good idea <laughs> for, <laughs> for an uno, uno movie it's a lot of twists and turns a uh, wishbone um, which I don't know this. Apparently it's a Jack Russell Terrier, a, a, a show on PBS in the nineties. Okay. Whatever. Uh, matchbox, which I'm surprised. I was surprised that also is own. They own Mattel owns that and hot wheels, but whatever. Uh, it's apparently being made by Skydance, written by, uh, David Cogshall. All right. Uh, Thomas and friends, uh, being directed by world war Z and monsters ball director, Mark Forster. Perfect choice. Okay. okay, Thomas. This is Thomas the Tank Engine, right? I assume so. Yeah. That I mean, that one works, right? Yeah, you could do. I mean, that's that has stuff made. I mean, plenty of movies and shows made about it already. Uh, Viewmaster. Okay, that that's could a, be okay. This is what it says on, on the Variety article. It says long before VR, there was the picture viewer that it was invented in 1939. Now, an adventure film will be based on the classic toy. This is another case where I just feel like a Viewmaster could make like an interesting, like make a horror movie off of that. That's right. I was like, I feel like scary is where my mind goes. But Viewmaster, maybe they like travel to a place where like clicking in. Maybe. I mean, how else do you make it an adventure? (laughs) I don't know. I'm going like, when in doubt, make it scary. I think with any of these. And the weirdest one to me is one just called Christmas Balloon, which apparently uh, I'm going to read this here. I didn't I didn't know this before I read this article. So it's not based on a toy that but based on a true story of when Mattel donated toys to help make a young girl's dream come true after she tied her Christmas list to a balloon that was found by a grieving couple who worked with the toy company to fulfill the girl's wishes. Mattel looks to produce a family drama drawing from the story. Okay, nice little Christmas balloon. Yeah. 
I'm so sad. I don't have any Christmas presents. Let me write a little letter and tie it to balloons so it gets to Santa on the North Pole. Let me get my BB gun out and shoot that balloon out of the air. I can't wait for <laughs> Mattel to just look like benevolent gods in this movie or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm Howard Mattel. Oh, what's this here? Oh, oh, oh I'm Howard Mattel. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Old Saint Nick. <laughs> Um, I'm giving all. Of these. I would like to think Mattel in that is like Santa's workshop, and all the elves <laughs> are slaves, and all that. That'd be pretty good. Um, I think I'll probably give this a. Okay, I think we should just. Bombed? No, like, okay. Overall, I think most of this is a really terrible idea. Yeah, bombed. that's wrong what I'm message going with. here. But I kind of want to go through individually and just rapid really fire. rapid fire this. Barney. Barney Broca. I think Barney's gonna work. You got Daniel Kaluuya. It's a weird, surrealist, surrealistic movie. Mm-hmm. What is, okay, is that surreal? What's the difference between surreal and surrealistic? Apparently, it's just, it's comparing it to being John Malkovich too. Interesting. Yeah. Polly Pocket. I think is just gonna be a kids movie that just is labeled. Yeah. Polly Pocket. I'm on a Bergeron, Bergeron with that one too. There. Uh, Hot Wheels. I kind of want to go bomb. Might a bomb. I think having a Quote, grounded and gritty <laughs> Hot Wheels movie sounds hilarious. I'm going to go Broca. We already have those holding. It's called Fast and Furious. Look, True. if it's if it's my Gran Turismo babies driving Formula <laughs> One cars, Broca. Anything else, Bombadil. Uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. That Bergeron, movie already exists. It's called The Real Steel. I'm at a Bergeron. Mm-hmm. American Girl. If it's horror, Broca. <laughs> if it's not horror, Bombadil. Who cares? I think I'll go Brokoff, it's horror, Bergeron, if it's not. Magic 8-Ball, I think, is actually a good idea. I'm going to go Brokaw for that one. Yeah, this is a very tentative Brokaw. It depends on how, what they do with it. It, it could yeah, the be. The potential's it, uh, there. The potential is there. When Magic 8-Ball wins Best Picture, you heard it here first. All right. Uh, Masters in the Universe, Bergeron, they've already done a million things with that. Major Matt Mason, who cares? <laughs> I'm going to go Bombadil with that. Sorry, Tom Hanks. Even though Tom Hanks. Uno, what the heck is this movie? We literally don't know anything about it. I'm going to go Bergeron. <laughs> Bombadil. <laughs> Stupid. Wishbone, Bombadil. Yeah, don't even know what that is. Matchbox, Bombadil, Thomas the Tank Engine, Bergeron, sure yep. makes sense. Bergeron. Who cares? Christmas balloon, Bombadil, unless it's a horror movie. What about Viewmaster, Jimmy? Oh, Viewmaster is a what? Well, is an that, adventure what, is that what you meant last time? Because you said Christmas balloon, Bombadil, unless it's a horror movie. Did you mean Viewmaster? No, well, I, I stand by it. <laughs> okay. Viewmaster. Well, Viewmaster says it's an adventure film. I'm going to go Bombadil. I bet yeah. Viewmaster's going to I'll go Bombadil stink. on that and Christmas balloon. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see. I don't want to see a horror movie, though, bro. I don't want to see a movie about a little girl getting what she wants. That's so. <laughs> that seems so sappy. Just kidding. We it got, might be good. We got you a Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> All I want. I wanted Transformers. <laughs> well, too bad you're getting Polly Pockets, little girl. I'm Howard Mattel. <laughs> oh ho oh, oh. ho. <laughs> All right, off of done oh with the gosh, Mattel movie. Just <laughs> murdered Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I'm Howard Mattel. <laughs> I we're just completely. I don't know if Howard Mattel's not a real person. Probably not. That sounds like a good name for a CEO of Mattel, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, TMNT Mutant Mayhem. We're going to be doing that for the podcast next week, but a couple announcements regarding that. So a sequel movie has already been confirmed with no release date set. Apparently, Paramount is very confident in this. 
And they're also making a two-season TV series for Paramount Plus called Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which will apparently, quote-unquote, bridge the gap between both movies. Bridge the gap? Jeez, well, you got to watch this in order to see both I, of them? I don't know, I guess. Um, um, TV series? Well, look, you know, they had, you know, Penguins of Madagascar, <laughs> you know? You got that show. That was all right. I never watched it. I watched a little bit of it. It was okay. Uh, so look, a sequel already being made. Obviously, got to reserve judgment for next week mm-hmm. when we see it. Apparently, it's good. So I guess I'm overall at a Bergeron tentative broke off for this. Uh, I think it's a good idea to have the show. Um, I don't necessarily know if I would have it like tie them together. I, I'm assuming when they say like it's just going to take place in between. Yeah, that's and it's not it actually going to have any like actual significance. But I think that's a good idea because. You have this show, this movie coming out next uh, next week as a recording this, and apparently it's good. So a lot of kids are gonna see it mm-hmm. and they're gonna like it because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, their toys and stuff. Maybe the parents will get stuff out too. Yep. Because um, a lot of uh, the millennials who grew up with it, you know, and all that, um, and maybe some Gen X to, to that extent, gonna get out some of their old toys, that sort of thing, or there's gonna be new toys out there, get them out. Yep. Have the show coming out so the kids can watch it, except nobody has Paramount Plus. Um, and then the, the next one comes out. So I think it's actually a pretty good idea. So maybe I'll I'll give them a, a, a broke off for capitalizing on it, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. A Bergeron, you know, I'll, I'm tentative broke off. Yeah, Unless the movie's I'm kinda, bad. I'm there too, because it yeah, entirely depends on how the movie next week is, but yeah, it's very similar to what they're like doing with like the Sonic movies because they have that Knuckles series, yeah. and then they announced the sequel before that uh, second one came out. So yeah, I don't know. Paramount's putting them all in on some of these franchises. Yeah, Paramount's putting out, putting out. Yeah. All right, Holden, <laughs> Disney Plus. You remember when Bob Iger was like, "Hey, don't make any more shows, Star Wars or Marvel." Yep. Well, apparently they're making the Lando series. Yes. Which Why? I- on earth are they doing this? I mean, I get it. Donald Glover, who is good as Lando, um, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody cares. Nobody is asking for this, I don't think. Yeah, this seems like a just a really dumb idea in general. Was this ever, like, confirmed at, like, a... This de- was a okay. thing that they were going to do. I'm okay. pretty sure they did a Disney director, whatever, Comic-Con or something they talked D23. about. D23. D23, yeah. They yeah. talked about... I'm. I could have sworn this was confirmed a long time ago, back when yeah. Solo was coming out, essentially uh, well, five years ago. I remember like it being talked about. I couldn't remember if it was officially confirmed or not yet, but yeah, it, it was quite a while ago that they talked about it, uh, regardless. Look, if there was one person who was going to make this really good, probably Donald Glover. Sounds like mm-hmm. he's writing it with his brother, mm-hmm. Stephen Glover. Yep. And I, I mean, that's a good sign for me since he did a lot of that for like Atlanta and Atlanta is very good. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's got the writing chops to make something good. And mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he's played the character before. He seemed to really enjoy playing it from what I understand. So obviously that's why he's coming back. So maybe he has a passion and idea for Lando Calrissian. All right. I think this is a really bad idea, but I'm going to give it a Bergeron. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is Andor was a really stupid idea that turned out to be one of the greatest yeah. Star Wars things that we've ever gotten. Yeah, so 100%. look, if they do that again, <laughs> like I can I can't count them out doing that again cuz Andor turned out to be really good somehow. And yes. maybe Lando will be the same. 
No, so, I'm 100 percent in that boat too. I'm I'm kind of I'm honestly kind of eager to see what it kind of turns out like. Um, well, we'll see. Yeah. So that, that's where I'm at there. Uh, what's going on in Australia regarding Disney and physical copies of movies, Holden? Yeah, so I think this was confirmed yesterday, but Disney is apparently ending physical media production for Australia after Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 gets its DVD and Blu-ray release in the region. Um, I wrote down here, in my opinion, this is a terrible thing, I think, for me. I mean, I, obviously, I like collecting things. That's well known on here that I talk about that a lot. But I think just in general, this is not a good thing and kind of scary for the future of stuff because I think I and I'm wor- I'm also worried about this with video games, too. I think just having things available digitally is and I mean, we've we've been seeing it with streaming services like removing stuff like it's just a really easy way to like companies could just wipe something in the blink of an eye and no one can have it or they'll update it. And then we won't have like older versions of something. I mean, not that that's a huge thing with movies so far, but I mean, we've seen it with theatrical releases to an extent even. Um, so I just, and, and I also wrote down here that one of the things that people were talking about and who knows if this actually factors in, but it also reduces the amount of royalties that people will get, which mm. in the midst of these strikes, um, and people already arguing about how much you get from streaming and everything. That's only going to hurt these these people, the, the cast and crew of these projects, I think. Yeah, I so. wonder why Australia. I wonder if it's just like we don't want to ship it <laughs> over the ocean. Could be. I don't. They don't have any production facilities there or something. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I'm not as I don't really buy a lot of, a lot of physical media, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I, I just don't. I find it actually to be a hassle sometimes to own physical sure. media. But I understand why people do like it. Um, it's got a lot of benefits. You got you literally just having it, so you have the copy. Yeah, it cannot be taken away from you. You know, uh, it's un- unadulterated, and the resale potential of it as well mm-hmm. can be factored in. Um, I just think it's don't do that. Like, leave the option open. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it costs you money, just make the physical copy more expensive. Yeah. And then people can decide whether or not that that price is worth it. But uh, yeah, it's look, I'm not on the inside of the situation. I don't know exactly why they did this. Maybe they have very good reasons. Maybe there's like, you know, I'm sure there is probably some sort of environmental impact to having Maybe. physical media as yeah. well. Um, so. I think the option should be there, um, but maybe if if it's a cost thing, just increase the costs slightly. I don't know. I I I can see why it would be concerning. I I'm at a Bergeron. I think you're probably at a Bombadil. I'm imagining. Yeah. I uh, we'll see if the trend continues. I I I don't like the idea of nothing being physically available anymore, but. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of a reality though. It's gonna set in Holden. I'm sorry to sorry that it's gonna happen. Yeah, I've just um mostly with video games, but I've been falling down the rabbit hole recently of watching videos and like reading a lot online about like game preservation and stuff. And I'm also like I'm really into the idea of like lost media and stuff. I think that's a really just interesting rabbit hole you can go down with a lot of different things. So all of that, I just wish that it wasn't happening. I mean, to some extent, I think physical stuff will be always available, even if it's more in more niche markets. I'm sure there'll be companies that'll capitalize on, you know, making third party 
physical versions of movies, maybe get licenses from companies. That way they don't have to do it themselves. But still, it's it's still disappointing to see. Yeah, if you're going to do this, have the track record of actually keeping things available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Disney does not have that not right, <laughs> right now. now. No. <laughs> um, what's our final piece of normal movie entertainment news, Holden? Yeah, last piece is just that the primetime Emmys, which we talked a couple weeks ago about the nominations, has been indefinitely postponed, I think. Oh, no. Um, I, and we talked about it, I think, maybe when the nominations came out. We weren't sure if you know the actors were even able to go to the show. My guess is with the postponement, they can't. And that's why they're postponing it. Otherwise, you'd have no one there. So, <laughs> <laughs> no one presenting. Yeah, you could just have ChatGPT do it all. Exactly. Yeah, Didn't just have Bob out? Iger do it. Bob Iger. <laughs> I'm gonna go Bergeron. I yep. guess. Yeah, Bergeron for, for me as well. Um, probably good. I probably good idea to postpone it indefin- indefinitely. Post Malone indefinitely. Yep. All right, a little bit of Togpolden, Togpa, that one gaming podcast. What's going on? Yeah, uh, so uh, for a while now, it's been rumored that we'll be getting a new Nintendo Switch soon, which obviously makes sense. The Switch has been out since 2017, which is crazy to think about, honestly. It feels like it hasn't been out that long, at least in my book. Um, But apparently, um, developers already have their hands on the long-rumored console. Articles are saying, calling it the Switch 2. I'm sure that's not the actual name. Uh, But it is expected to launch in late 2024, according to Video Game Chronicles sources. Uh, And it appears, and I mean, this is the same as the normal Switch, but appears to still support cartridge games and uh, portability. Not much else is known about it. Um, what, what kind of, if it's going to switch fully to the OLED screen or whatever. Switch. Yes, switch. Um, so do they know whether or not that this thing is going to be backwards compatible? Is this like a completely new console or is this like a, the Switch Pro that people I, have been talking about forever? It kind of seems more like it's going to be more like that. I mean, I'm sure it is going to be a new console, but I'm it, it, I don't know. It's hard to tell, I guess, because Nintendo's never really done like a, a PS4 to PS5, like just normal upgrade. They always go a little weird with their stuff. It, I mean, I guess maybe NES to SNES, but that was, you know, decades ago. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if it's just going to be a straight upgrade if they're going to try to do a bit more. I mean, the Switch sells gangbusters, so I wouldn't be surprised. But if it is just like a more powerful Switch, I, I'd be a, if I were a betting man, I'd say that it's going to be backwards compatible. If it is, that's great. So I'll just get this one. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Plays if I can, you know. Yeah, uh, probably gonna sell out immediately, mm-hmm. all the time. Obviously, uh, I'll give it a Broca. Why not? Yeah, I'll give it a Broca as well. There you go. Holding the return of our world famous segment, Tom Pies, yes. uh, the weekly segment where we, well, semi weekly, I guess, depending yeah. on if we have the opportunity to go together. But uh, our weekly review of our experience at Popeye's Chicken. Mm-hmm. Before we see our movie, it is almost always delicious, but it is never the same experience more than once. Holden, how was your Popeye's experience this week? This one was actually probably one of the more normal ones, I think, in, in my opinion. Um, it uh, The food was very good. I didn't really have any complaints there. Uh, pretty good pieces of chicken. A couple were kind of flat, but they actually gave me six pieces of chicken instead of five. So can't complain about that. Um, workers seemed, you know, fine. Didn't really get any 
saw one worker just grab a fry out as they clocked out. Oh, that okay. was pretty funny. Didn't see that, but that's, that is funny. <laughs> just um, reach into the fries and just grab one. On there the is, um, I, we saw it last time we were there. I'm guessing it's an employee or something, but there's that car with the 30 inch. <laughs> it's, it is, there's this, I don't know what it's like. A, what car it's like a suburban. Yeah. Suburban. Um, but it pulls into the Popeye's lot, big SUV. And it has like these huge, like looks very thin wheels, but like the rims, I think there are thin wheels. Yeah. Right. Cause like literally it's just, it's, 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 so these rim, I mean, like, I don't know how to say it. Like imagine just an SUV with normal tires and then just the amount of tire itself has been shrunk by like 80%. And it's replaced by just these huge rims, rims that look really goofy. But they're like, they're not like, you know, fat. They're like very thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, I don't know, like, like what is it? Five spoke kind of thing. Like imagine, you know, your wheel and then you got just like five of the lines across. Yeah. So this one's just three spokes per tire. It's three. It? Sp- yeah. Okay. Three of like, so it's kind of like the peace sign then. Yeah. Yeah. So like the peace sign, and they're just thin and narrow, and it's so it's basically just looking through empty space. <laughs> like there's no tire there at all, which I, essentially it is. And I'm like, that just it's so bizarre looking. I don't understand. I don't know anything about cars, but it is just one of the most bizarre things. And then the other thing about it that I noticed this time uh, was they have a decal on either side of their car that just says 30, <laughs> 30 inch, 30 inches, which I assume is the rim size. I just so that people will not ask them how big their rims are. <laughs> I, that is the uh, conclusion that we both drew, uh, which is hilarious. Um, but it's like, if you landed, if you drove over a nail with that thing, the nail is like bigger than the actual mm-hmm. width of the tire. It would just go all the way through, <laughs> like, pretty much. I don't know how that is a practical thing. <laughs> um, the only other thing of note for me was I, I always ask for all dark meat, which I get probably fifty percent of the time, yeah. uh, which is understandable. If you can't be specific about your Popeyes orders, Popeyes to me is the only place where their white meat is actually good enough where it's so <laughs> moist and they can get away with it. Um, but, uh, one of the pieces I got, it was supposed to be a thigh, but it was bigger than a thigh and it was white meat, but there was like one tiny little bone in the side of it. And the rest was just this amorphous chunk of chicken. So I have no idea where that came from. I don't know what that would be, how that came together, (laughs) but that was pretty, uh, funny. Um, you want to talk about your Bojangles? <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to talk a little bit about Bojangles. So if you're not aware, Bojangles is, uh, I think it's from the Carolinas, um, is another Popeyes-esque uh, restaurant. I had the uh, opportunity to have it on a family reunion um, in Virginia. So I was in the North of uh, Richmond, or sorry, I was in the Charlotte, North Carolina airport, mm-hmm. and I saw a sign for Bojangles, and I said, I have to have I need to have this need to try because I wasn't ha- I wasn't having Popeyes that week because mm-hmm. I was gone, and that had to fill my Popeyes hole. And uh, the chicken was pretty comparable. The fries not nearly as good as Popeyes fries, but the biscuit Holden biscuit was amazing. Literally mm-hmm. twice the size of a Popeyes biscuit, flaky as all get up and buttery, savory. Oh my gosh, that biscuit uh, would convert you. To any religion, it really sounds. It sounds good from the way you were describing it. So, so I'll good have to hit up a Bojangles when I'm in the area. 
So Bojangles, highly recommend Bojangles broke cop for me. <laughs> I'll give uh, I'll give Popeyes a broke cop this week. Popeyes, you did good. well this week, broke cop. Mm-hmm. All right, Holden, let's dive into our non-spoiler review of Talk to Me. All right, Jimmy, talk to me. Talk to me. I mean, I'm talking to you. Yeah, you are. You've been talking a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> you need to quiet down here. There's a um, there's two Talk to Me movies. There's one from 2007. Interesting. Interesting. I don't care about the 2007 movie. I want the 2022 what's, movie, technically. What's the Google synopsis? One. The Google synopsis is when a group of friends discovers how to conjure spirits by using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. Yeah, this is the uh, newest horror movie by from A24. Uh, it's made by the Philippu Brothers. I don't know if that's how you say their name, but they're known as Rocka Rocka on YouTube, I believe. They're YouTubers. Been around for quite a while from what I understand. I think they do like... I don't know if it's if I'd necessarily call them short films, but lots of skits and stuff. So they have a lot of experience with the, at least YouTube uh, content creation. But this is their first big feature film. Uh, it's been making the rounds, Jimmy. Lots of people talking about how great this movie is. Uh, made on a pretty modest budget of four point five million. Yeah, well, I mean, it's an Australian movie. Came mm-hmm. out last year at the Adelaide Film Festival. So this has yeah. been done for a year. Yep. And and now it, it premiered. I think it was at Sundance. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of internationally, and now it is uh, released here in the United States. Um, I thought this was a good movie, Holman. It was very good. Um, yeah, I I really liked it. It's um, I it you can definitely feel. I I was I was thinking about this after the movie. I'm like, th- this movie has a lot of like hereditary DNA in it. I think um, in multiple ways. I mean, I, I think you could say that about a lot of modern horror movies just because of how influential that movie is, but, uh, it's, it's definitely unique in its own way. And it's surprisingly, uh, funny at times too, has a, has a decent sense of humor, at least in the first half. Really? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't I get the so. humor. I, I was the one thing that I thought was missing was the humor. Oh, okay. Um, I think this is a very unsettling movie. It very is very disturbing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's that scary, but it, it, no. I think this is the most unsettling movie since Hereditary, for really? me. I, I don't. I think this is more unsettling than Midsommar was. I just I can't think of a movie that was just like I was like I want to take a shower <laughs> after <laughs> seeing this. This was like yucky. It to me it didn't have the same levity of Hereditary of like the dark humor mm-hmm. the the black comedy i i thought maybe maybe upon rewatch i would catch it more but i i just didn't get any of that but i this movie is uh gripping gross disturbing unpleasant i mm-hmm. think if i'd use one word i would say unpleasant uh especially the sound design i i made the joke to holden after we got out i was like someone turned the fully which is like the sound effects of just different interactions with things that like if someone opens a car door, it's like they didn't use the onset audio for that. They went back in and added a car door opening sound effect for it. Yeah, like all of those things were just the, bumped up to a level. Yeah, they on just this. They, it's it's so turned up. The volume on all these little just sound effects are so loud, and it makes for some really really kind of disturbing and creepy moments. Even like towards the beginning, it. like someone's kind of like and like oh let's like hit you with the pillow, and it's like someone's getting clubbed <laughs> to death. I mean, it's like hit by a bus. It it's very it. it, it 
it makes it very immersive. It just like it keeps you on the edge of your seat because you never know what sound is just going to be like in the forefront or whatever. Um, I mentioned to you, I also feel like it does a really good job just with this with making full use of stereo sound because like there were a lot of there were several points in the movie where there were like noises that were coming from around me in the theater that I thought were like audience members, but it wasn't. It was from the movie because mm-hmm. context of the the scene or whatever. But it was. Yeah, it was very immersive. Great stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, the the a lot of the audio is very just cringe inducing. Like, ooh, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are someone very sensitive to that, I would say maybe not see this one because it there are a lot of moments where it's like, oh, I, oh, I didn't like that. Sound. Yeah, there's one scene in particular that really that really got me as even as someone who <laughs> enjoys watching like Saw movies. I was like, ooh, that's. It feels very real. <laughs> yeah. It's not as heightened as something like that. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was very effective. I think the cinematography of this movie is, is very good, um, especially like some of the shots in the trailer when they are kind of doing this seance sort mm-hmm. of thing with this embalmed hand, like when they invite these spirits in, and like the camera, the way they do that, and they do a lot of these effects practically in camera using the movement to portray different things. I think mm-hmm. that's really effective very creative a lot of like i either contacts or slight uh manipulation of it using visual effects it's very subtle but you don't even notice it because you're just immersed in the story um i think they do a really good job of of not showing you too much of what they show you some stuff but they don't show you everything they leave some things up to the imagination um well, and with the cinematography, before we move off that, I, I think it the movie is very claustrophobic too. Like I, I was noticing, it feels like the majority of the movie is like just close up shots of people or like one or two people. There's not very, it's not, it doesn't step back too often. So it kind of, it lingers on any sort of injuries or whatever for, it does it for quite a while. And it, just the horrified expressions on everyone's face. It's, there's really no relief from any of that mm-hmm. at any point. So... Yeah, and I I think the cast is is good as well. Um, mm-hmm. There's kind of this core family that it's that involved, and the the Sophia Wilde, who's the main actress, who plays this girl Mia, yeah. and it took me a little bit to figure out what her relation was to this family. Like, yes, yeah, okay, they're like, are they in this? Are like these two I girls in a relationship? Was, yeah. Oh I no! She was like a sister at first, like actual sister, but she's like. But they it it, it was cemented mm-hmm. by you know. 15 minutes into the film. I thought the movie there, there's kind of like a prologue scene at the beginning um, that I thought was effective. Again, the sound is just like, Oh my gosh, right into it (laughs) with the sound. Um, Well, and that prologue scene doesn't waste any time either. It's it's, it gets right to the point. It doesn't spend too much time there, Um, which I think you can say about pretty much the whole movie. It's like 90 minutes. There's really no wasted time. I don't think think maybe the beginning I would need really? to see it twice, but I thought the begi- like the inciting incident of the movie doesn't happen for at least a half hour. I think, I think so. like the thing that actually gets the plot moving is I think it's about oh. thirty minutes into the movie. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. So I I just think that opening thirty minutes could be tightened up a little bit. They do just throw you into it. It's like mm-hmm. oh here you go here's uh, this stuff, and I will be honest as we're Americans, mm-hmm. so the Australian accents and we both listen to an Australian podcast. Yeah. And, and so it's like, it's, it was hard to tell what people were saying some of the time. 
Well, and, um, and especially of, the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah, so the the prologue scene. But um, yeah, that I mean, I think part of that is just due to the sound design of all those Foley effects being so heightened and everything. Like everything is so loud in this movie. Um, and so I think it does. It makes it a little harder for us who aren't uh, as as keen on, or aren't don't know can't understand Australian accents as well. Aren't like, as acclimated. Aren't as acclimated. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah. It's just harder. And I, I I only really had that problem in like the first third of mm-hmm. the movie. I, I it, as it went on, I I didn't have that, and I there I heard enough that I could understand what was going on. Yeah, I was. But it was like lost. I could not. If you were like, what did that person say exactly? I was like, well, I know like twenty percent of what they said <laughs> at some point. I got the gist of it. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think there's a lot to like with this. I think it is definitely worth seeing if you're a fan of the horror genre. Mm-hmm. If you're kind of I don't know. Like, I do think it's a very unpleasant movie. So, like, I could imagine someone getting invited to this and not enjoying the experience. It's not like, it's not Evil Dead Rise where you have your popcorn and you're just enjoying Mm -hmm. the shenanigans. Like, this is, like, unsettling stuff. At the same time, though, I feel like if you go in, no, like, it it is A24. If you go in thinking A24 horror movie, like, something like Hereditary, I feel like similar crowds would enjoy this. Yeah. 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 But also, there are a lot of people who don't like Hereditary. Yeah, too, no, for that I, reason, inc- I don't like Hereditary. But yeah. <laughs> well, you just need to see it. Anyway. I guess it's amazing. Um, yeah, but it, it don't go in expecting you know Halloween, you know, just fun mm-hmm. horror movie. It's no, it's it's more than that. It's it's unsettling. It's creepy. I don't like parts of it. I th- I think something else that this movie does really well is um it it uses social media in a really f- like it, it's it's it feels very modern and how these teenagers are acting a lot of the time because uh kind of i mean obviously from the trailer or whatever you know that's like the embalmed hand i guess we talked about the synopsis too but mm-hmm. that's kind of the macguffin or whatever you would call it the the object in this movie um but it uh the way that the teenagers like interact with it, they're like posting these things on social media and everything. And they're just like treating it like a party gag and everything. I think that's just such a unique spin on this. And I think it was very, it felt like something that would happen in real life. Like if a lot of these horror movies around teenagers, there's no way this this stuff wouldn't get posted somewhere. Yeah. Um, There's, it certainly feels uh, analogous to drug use overall. And, and, and that sort of thing, like addiction, obsession, um, some of those themes are kind of portrayed through the way the teenagers use the hand in the movie. Um, yeah, I think it's it's very interesting. I think there's a lot left to be discussed. It's not like, I don't think they just like, you know, really nicely tie everything together. No. Um, and they leave a lot of things open for interpretation, um, which, which I liked, so... Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of other things to say non-spoiler-wise. I don't really remember the music, yeah, which is not either. necessarily a good or bad thing. It just kind of blends it's into fine, it. It's fine, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, in addition to those themes, it also expl- it's, it explores grief quite a bit, which is not... I I almost... I was thinking about it last night. I'm like, so many horror movies of this type like are about grief and everything. So I, it's like its own subgenre almost, but... It doesn't in its own unique way. It's 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 not entirely like derivative of other work that does it that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, 
Okay, so who's this movie for? If you are someone who likes Hereditary, mm-hmm. if you like, you know, bits of the the unsettling ones, The Witch, you know, those sort of movies that are kind of it's Two more that more. I, don't like. I think it's more <laughs> digestible than that. I think it's like a in between. Um, but it is again, if you if you're not turned off by the sound design mm. being very harsh, like very harsh, yeah. Um, then I think you you'll enjoy this if you watch the trailer. If you think the trailer looks interesting, I think it's worth a watch. Um, otherwise, if you don't put, find yourself in that camp, maybe uh, skip this one and, and warm yourself up to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no. I do I do recommend it. I did. I think it was a very good film. Yeah, if I were to give it a ranking or rating, I'd probably go eight out of ten. Very good, very good. I don't I don't really have any huge complaints about it, but. Um, it wasn't. It didn't like completely blow me away like no. it did for a lot of other people. It is a very solid movie, but um, yeah. Oh, I mean, it happens with a lot of well-received horror movies where everyone's like, "Oh, this is the scariest movie I've ever seen." And I, it's I'm not pretty scary. I don't really no, know. it's it's just it's creepy. I'm also pretty desensitized to yeah. the scary movies. I think so. It's hard for me to get too scared, but maybe you will get scared if you watch it. Who knows? Yeah, I think there are a lot of really good sequences in the movie. I think there's something that's very obvious is going to happen, yet somehow still like the when it was introduced took me by surprise, mm-hmm. which I thought was like props to them for distracting me long enough to like yeah. immerse me into this scene where I didn't see this very obvious thing happening coming because I was anticipating something else. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about that and more in spoilers, which we are going to begin right after this. All right, uh, spoilers for Talk to Me. Uh, where should we start with this, Jimmy? Well, we can start at the beginning, Holden, with right. the prologue. Yeah, the prologue scene, which, uh, yeah, he, it's this one character who I can't remember. I, they say his name at some point, but uh, he's, he's going uh, to get his brother. He's going to get his brother. He's going to a party, like the most insane house party I've ever seen in my life. It is, <laughs> I don't know. It, there's just like, come on, thing. Holden, you saw Babylon. Okay, well, I, I, like for like a teenager house party is what I'm thinking of. It's more it's more intense than the Spider-Man Homecoming one. Yes, um, but it's it. There's a lot going on. It's very noisy. This is kind of where we're talking about. Just everything is so loud, and especially at this part, hard to understand exactly what this character is thinking. Goes and finds his brother, and his brother very quickly just stabs him, and then stabs himself in the face. In the face. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh. Don't like that noise. Yeah. Stabbing him Ugh. in the face. It's like very good. That's it. Like, how do you like do you have a skull? So like how does that work? I just go hard enough, I guess. I guess he went into the nose. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I it, mean maybe he went in the eye. I don't, I don't know. know. Like I guess you have to, right? Because you can't stab yourself through this. It happens so fast. Like they yeah. had to have like cut out frames of that when the edit because oh, it's God. just so visceral. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, like I think the sounds are more disturbing than any visuals that are in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, so that that was very impactful, and then obviously you you get thrown in right into this character Mia, like at her mom's remembrance thing. I, yeah, I, I think like I caught it's been two anniversary years anniversary of her death. I think yeah. they said two years mm-hmm. again. This was part of the film that I'm like. What are people saying? I don't, you're kind of don't have the context, so I don't even mm-hmm. know what to li- be listening for. Yeah. Um, but you have that, you establish that relationship with um, the, the family. 
um, of is it Jade, Jade and <laughs> Riley, Jade and Riley. Yeah, I think are, are the siblings. She's part of this family. I like how the mom is just the least trusting mom of all time. <laughs> she just does not believe anything her kids say. Yeah, no, she was. Um, and I that the scene where she's like interrogating everyone about the party, almost it it like went on too long, but it also I think it it kind of wrapped around to going on so long that it was still funny because it was just how thorough she was being about it. I thought mm-hmm. it was a pretty funny sequence in general, but yeah. I guess are there so you talked about moments of of kind of the comedy. Is there like I could see that with the mom in that scene. Is there any other moments where you're I, like I think in general before the Elliot possession, I think so much of the the possession stuff is played for comedy with how they're all like treating it. How the like El- who is Elliot? Or Elliot Riley. Riley. I don't know why I said the- Elliot. Uh, but right before his possession, I think like so much of it is played for comedy, just the way, how unserious they're taking it. And they're like, oh, it's just a party thing. And they're filming it, having a good time. And I I, I found all that to be pretty humorous just because hmm. it was so different than like what you'd expect people in the situation to be like. So I don't know. I, I thought that was played partially for comedy personally. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't get that sense. I I, th- I definitely felt like at ease or more mm-hmm. at ease like once they started getting rolling in it and you kind of because you're very much they really do a good job of kind of like having you in the point of view of these characters going to this and like, what is this thing? What exactly happens? Mm-hmm. What are the mechanics of this? Is this, you know, is this kind of weird stuff that we shouldn't be in into the Ouija board, you know, ask, you know, satanic uh, seance sort of things? And uh, I was like, oh, it seems safe. They seem to know what they're doing. You just have to follow mm-hmm. these guidelines and you'll be totally fine. Yeah. You know, just take a little bit of this drug. You'll be completely fine. <laughs> you can control it. Uh, definitely lots of comparisons, I think, to drug use. Um, drawing, you know, like, I think it's very much this hand is a metaphor for a lot of drug use. Yeah, yeah. And the way that Mia's, like, kind of gets addicted to it almost in mm-hmm. that way, too. Um, I also think Mia's journey over the course of the movie, I know this is like a cliche, like to see like represented in movies, but I could, I couldn't help but see that like, it seems like she in some ways goes through like the five stages of grief in this movie, like with her mom and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, just a couple examples. Like I felt like when she like let, um, Riley go too long. That was like bargaining almost with his life, like quite literally. Cause she's like, she knows that it's putting him in danger, but willing to do that just to spend more time with her and everything. And then kind of like the last bit of her in the, um, in the movie with her kind of like accepting that, you know, she's in the wrong or whatever and end up, ends up in the street. I felt like that was the acceptance stage. Yeah. So uh, there, there are a couple of things that I do really want to talk about and discuss. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, this is a movie that you that would be good a second time too, because I do think there's a lot of things that are up for interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things they bring up is the ability of some of spirits to like mask themselves as people that you know. Uh, so there's like a question oh, yeah, of yeah. like um, Mia's mom in this is it actually her mom? Yeah, and maybe. She is for some scenes and not. Maybe she's not her mom the entire time. She's being completely manipulated. What were your what was your kind of take at the end of the movie? What were you kind of 
thinking? I am under the impression that it's not her really at any point. I think if anything, um, yeah, I mean, you have Riley. It first appears in Riley um, when when he gets possessed. And like the night before he had had the conversation with Mia about how her mom died. So like maybe mm-hmm. when the demon or whatever, the ghost or whatever it is, is inside Riley sees these memories of, of like this kind of secondhand knowledge of Mia's mom. Um, maybe it was just disguising as her. I never really got the sense it was actually her personally, but yeah, it's, it, I, it's hard to know uh, because at, I mean, she does say, hey, look, that person banging on your door is not actually your dad. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't actually her dad. Yeah. Um, But does that mean that she wasn't being manipulated? I mean, it seems like killing Riley, that was a manipulative thing. Like, you are not supposed to kill Riley. Yeah. Um, That was the trap. And if you did, then he actually would be eternally stuck in hell, which that visual was terrifying yeah that, like, was. that was like <laughs> i was like oh my gosh i did just flashes of ver- something that was, very disturbing that was actually just i don't know if scary but just like so so unsettling um like yeah like you said pretty desensitized things to mm. things that messed me up a little <laughs> bit seeing that i'm like that does not look like a good time <laughs> um and uh yeah so i i would be uh be incentivized to try to save him too after seeing that. But, um, so I think, I do think that's really interesting is to kind of question rewatching it mm-hmm. with that in mind, what seems manipulative, what seems to be telling the truth. Um, another one is, do you think her mom's death was indeed accidental or do you think it was, um, attempted uh, suicide? I never really, uh, maybe this is almost like, a fault of the movie. I never really found any reason to distrust me as father. Like I didn't really get. Yeah. They was like, why is there a rift in their relationship? They didn't really establish why, which because it's because literally Mia is living with this other family. Like she's not living with her dad. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think what the explanation you can make is just that, you know, after a traumatic event like that, you can cause rifts in family or whatever, but it's, it's not really made more specific than that. And so I, him bringing out the note, I mean, it's not like we get a ton of him in the movie anyway. So I was never like, I never really had any doubt it was real. I was just like, yeah, this is probably a real thing. And, you know, maybe, and he says that, you know, he should have treated the whole situation differently and everything. And he seemed genuine, didn't have any reason to not believe he was. So the only reason you would doubt that is because Mia's mom mm-hmm. or or some spirit pretending to be your mom tells her that that wasn't true and that that's not her father. And you do have a fake version of her father banging on the door. Yeah. But I just... the real father. Yeah. I don't know. I It never... I... Yeah, I just, I don't, I, I never really bought that the mom was the real mom, so I was never going to believe her. And sure, we have the fake dad or whatever banging at the door, but in intercut with that, we also have the dad still sitting on the couch after having the conversation with the suicide note. So, like, the suicide note conversation was real, and he goes up and runs up to, to help her and ends up getting stabbed. So, yeah. I do, I, I do like that interpretation better because, like you said, her 
a lot of her struggles stem from her inability to accept mm-hmm. how her that her mom is dead and how her mom died. Yeah. And like, well, how could my mom leave me? You know, like, yeah. Um, so, and her kind of coming to accept that at the end before she makes this fatal mistake. Well, she ends up dying, but not taking Riley with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think I like that interpretation better. Yeah. Um, one scene that I do want to highlight is just the sequence of leading up to Riley's uh, use of the hand. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just, again, we've been through the process before. We experienced this one, so it kind of begins more like a montage and people getting into it. You have the scare. There's kind of a red herring scare with, with Danny, or I think it's Daniel. Danny, yeah. Daniel. Like Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, the the the, the boyfriend. Um, the scare of him and is he, you know, like, is he going to be okay? Like, there was like, oh maybe we shouldn't keep going. And then they do. And it kind of goes in the montage and in the montage, Daniel is back, oh, yeah. you know, and they're <laughs> doing it more and they're wrapping up and, and then, uh, Riley wants to do it. And I was thinking, Oh no, he's gonna get hurt mm-hmm. somehow, which I mean actually does happen, but I didn't, for whatever reason, I was not expecting it to be Mia's mom, which seems like is very obvious. Like if yeah. you just like watching the trailer, you're like, well, she's eventually going to, come into contact with her mom here but for whatever reason they had distracted me or gotten me so immersed in the sequence that that was not on my mind at all how about you yeah i mean once the, once the possession started i was like oh this is this might be me as mom um even before it became like really obvious but yeah it, I, i'm kind of with you i it wasn't like thinking about leading up to the scene that oh this is going to be me as mom i mean i think i was more expecting just mia to encounter her in one of her her own like episodes i was expecting the very first one yeah which and that was a w- good jump scare when it's like yeah just, that, just a creepy lady oh my gosh and i liked everyone's like different reactions to that too mm-hmm. reflect how their personalities and everything um but yeah that the scene that got me was just riley beating his face in oh my I, gosh. like she, the makeup and sound effects there it's just insane i was <laughs> it's like Oh my God. Tries to take out his eyeball. Yeah. Oh man. That was nasty. That was the roughest scene for me. And then he does it again at the hospital. Mm -hmm. I mean, just yikes. I think, um, sound wise to me when Mia was slapping herself. Oh yeah. That was, I mean, our whole audience was very reacting to that. Very upset about that. We had a pretty obnoxious audience for this movie, unfortunately. Um, it did take away a bit for me, I think. Unfortunately. Uh, but uh, that was, just, I was just like, oh my gosh, it was just so harsh, mm-hmm. just abrasive. Um, but yeah, there, there was a lot to like about this movie. Of course, at the end, you have it going full circle where Mia is shaking, you know, go, she is the one now, you know, on the other end of this being um, kind of, what is it, summoned? What do you, what do you call it? Yes, summoned. Summoned. Uh, whatever something like that <laughs> yeah say summoned summoned um, um through the hand so that was I, that was a, it's a, a nice pretty good ending, ending i think um apparently the philip brothers want to make a sequel and they have all, like they have the whole backstory of this thing written out mm. 
the, all I guess they have left behind clues as to like what happened like on the graffiti of the hand. Oh, okay. And there's all these little bits of information that they kind of uh, sprinkled throughout the film to kind okay. of you can piece together if you go back through, which is one, another reason why I think a second viewing might uh, actually enhance my uh, my perception of this movie and the quality of it. But uh, I think that's interesting. I think this is something that you could make another movie of with with brand new characters and this traveling thing. So I I like the concept of that. Um, And I I wouldn't mind seeing a sequel to this at all. Yeah. Well, and we know a 24 is fine with sequels as long as like the director writers have vision with like, I mean, we have X and Pearl and those. Mm -hmm. So, and those have done pretty well for them. So, and I, this movie seems to be doing quite well. I think it had the highest opening of a a24 movie i think a24 horror anyway since since hereditary yeah something like that so another comparison to that movie (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah it's uh, i think this movie will do well enough that if they really do have a vision for it uh they could i see they're also i i was i saw it like listed randomly somewhere but i double checked they're also like apparently making a street fighter movie Oh, yeah, the Philip Poo brothers. I had heard that as well. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, interesting. I mean, obviously, I think with the the violence, <laughs> it lends it to a street fighter. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess one last thing I want to talk about is how you just viewed Mia as a protagonist. Um, I like how she's just a person. Like, she's mm-hmm. not entirely, other than her mom dying, she's really not, like, that remarkable yeah, in any other she's way. Just she's whatever. just a person. And um, I think a lot of ways she's very frustrating yeah. as an audience member. And I don't think she's like that even good of a per- Like she's a decent person, but she's not like some like, oh, I'm, you know, some flawless human being that's going to make all these sacrifices. Like kind of she's a little bit selfish and naive, but mm-hmm. also they do a really good job at relating you to her and her experiences and, um, you know, how this grief has kind of hijacked her life. Yeah. So I don't know anything to chime in there. No, I mean, I, I'm kind of with you. I was frustrated with her in parts of the movie. Um, just she was she was she made some kind of boneheaded decisions, but it will fit within the realm of her character. It never felt out of character or anything. Um, and I, I think by the like her last act in a way is, is, was still like, I don't know if I'd say selfless, but at the very least it was like a positive note to end on in a, to some extent. Cause well, she didn't kill Riley. I was worried she was going to, yeah. like I was, I was actually thinking it was going to do, it was going to happen. Um, you in the but class. She, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, she clearly knew that she like, uh, like she didn't, she wasn't going to be able to escape this. All of her like ideas for getting out of it were so like just thought up in like a moment. And like mm-hmm. there was, there wasn't she any murdered logic. her dad. Yeah. She murdered her dad. There was like no logic she behind sucked her. on sin. Daniel's toes <laughs> yeah. under there, the influence. Yeah. She, she, there was no, there was no logic to any of her like ideas for, for fixing Riley or anything. So yeah, it's, it was frustrating, but it was, I think it made for a kind of a good, different protagonist. Yeah. For a horror movie. Um, 
Yeah, she probably didn't have to jump out herself. No, probably <laughs> she probably not. could have just lived. Yeah, well, I, I think then you the, don't have that poetic ending. I think the logic there is just that she's like she has this possession in her from being in the hand for a little too long, and she doesn't. There, like, there's no clear way to get rid of it. So I don't. I think well, she's just. They do doing, kind of allude that maybe it just goes away with time. Yeah, they do say that, but I don't know. Maybe they'll explore that more in a, in a sequel or something. Yeah. But apparently they have it all thought out, so it'd be interesting. Yeah. But they're not going to... They said they don't want to spell it out for people. Sure. Um. So, yeah. We'll find out more when they inevitably make a sequel to this movie. Cool. All right. Sweet. Anything else, Holden? I don't think so, Jimmy. All right. Then I will ask you the question to lead us to our final segment, which, of course, is what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, Jimmy, this week, for what are you doing? Uh, I only watched one movie um, since last time we recorded last Wednesday, so it's just, it's been less than a week. I rewatched Juno. Oh, I've um, never seen it. You never seen it? Mm-mm. It's quite good. Um, very interesting, like cast because quite a quite a few stars I'd say in it. But uh, yeah, it holds up really well. I think it was a lot of fun. Um, my brother hadn't seen it. We were just sitting around this weekend, had nothing better to do, so we were kind of flipping through the service, and he was like, "Oh, that movie. I've heard you like that one." I'm like, "Yeah, it's pretty good." Um, I. I, I mean, I've, I've said that before. I don't know if I've even talked about it on the podcast before. I think the standout this time for me, though, is Jennifer Garner, who's an actress that I ever really have any feelings uh, toward one way or another about. She's really good in that movie. Hmm. She's like this mother who really, like, she's essentially Juno's, like, pregnant and is trying to get rid of the baby once it's born. Um, and so she finds this couple and the mother is played by Jennifer Garner and Jennifer Garner. It just, she's this like, ob- like it's very alluded to that she can't have kids of her own. And like, but she's like obsessed with having this baby and she's like, wants to be like the best parent. And she's like constantly worried about everything. And it's, it's a really good performance. I didn't really make note of it before, but I liked it a lot this time. Um, but TV show wise, um, I feel like I mentioned it last week. New episode of Futurama are, are out and hasn't really lost its touch at all. Still very funny. Um, and other than that, just trying to just trying to keep up on the shows that are coming out. I guess I still haven't watched a ton. Been moving, fully moved into my new place. So I'll probably be watching more once we get the basement set up. And game-wise, also really haven't played much. Just a little bit more Ghostwire, but once again, I've been moving a lot. So, yeah. What about you, Jimmy? I watched a couple movies this week. Uh, First, I watched Mean Girls, finally, for the first time. Obviously, I knew so many references to it, the Mm -hmm. wearing pink and whatnot. Um, But, uh, yeah, I finally saw it. It was Coco. Yeah, it was was a pretty good movie. I, I enjoyed it. I thought the principal character was the funniest oh, part. Oh yeah, when you, there's like the the mayhem at the school and he brings out a bat. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so, so good. Yeah, that was pretty enjoyable. Lindsay Lohan was very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also watched rewatched Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, which of course is great. Forgot about Jiminy Cricket and how hilarious <laughs> so he <good>. is <laughs> in that movie. So it's on Netflix. Highly recommend. You do not need to see the first one. Watch it. Listen to our review that we did on the podcast. That one's audio only. So check out 
um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts mm-hmm. for that one. Um, otherwise, I did uh, not movie or game related, but I did play uh, Barbie Prom, Barbie Queen of the Prom, a board game from 1963 with my wife that she had played growing up, and it was pretty fun. It was like Monopoly but it was you were Barbie and you had to get your your prom dress and you had to have a boyfriend. You had to be going steady with your boyfriend. A little outdated in in some of the <laughs> some of the ideas of of being a girl and going to prom. But uh, from the 1960s, a lot of frustrating elements of gameplay that just added to the excitement. I had a good time and I won. Came back and defeated Emily. Uh, so you can't see it right now, but the box is just in shambles. It is in shambles over there. Seen a lot better days. Yeah. Um, presumably if we bought in 1963, yeah, it looks like a lot between now and then, (laughs) uh, then and now. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Otherwise the other thing I've been doing is playing some horizon forbidden West chipping away at that game, which is just absolutely massive. Yeah. <laughs> Way too big. A lot of game. Oh my goodness. But it's very fun. So I'm torn. How much side stuff do I want to do or do I just want to finish it? So the eternal dilemma of of the modern gamer. Um so that's where I'm at. Hold on. Next week we are going to be reviewing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem TMNTMM as they mm-hmm. say. Uh so that'll be coming at you. So see that in preparation for next week's episode. Otherwise, Holden, anything else? Are you ready to take us home? No, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or email us at tompodcast at gmail.com or donate to our Patreon. And that's it, Jimmy. Feel free to give us five stars on Spotify as well and click the like button and leave a comment if you are on YouTube. Otherwise, until next week, adios, pantalones. Love you. (laughs) 